Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw podcast. I am Adam Glenn. I'm talking to Dax Holt. We are the number one anti-Nazi celebrity <laughs> news podcast in the USA. If you listen to any of them, they could support, but we are anti-Nazi. <laughs> is that a what a way it to open is, the show? Uh, it is one way to open the show. <laughs> oh, Anti-Nazi, like what? All right. Can we can we start marketing ourselves? No, that? we we want nothing to do with anything <laughs> that even says Nazi. All right. What I mean, even anti-Nazi is still you're still mentioning whatever. <laughs> <laughs> who, who do we got on today? So oh, we got stupid. Joe Coy on today, dude. I'm so excited. Joe Coy, man, one of the biggest comedians in the world. I mean, this is not a comedy club guy. This is an arena. I mean, this guy sells out, you know, thirty thousand seats to his shows. I mean, he's he's a. He, you know what's cool about him? He's one of those guys who became a star not through mm-hmm. TV, just through stand-up comedy, through doing Comedy Central, the BT Comic Views, through Netflix specials. He became a star, sort of like. Sebastian Maniscalco. So it's it's you know it's actually Sebastian and Joe are two are the biggest comedians in the world. It's uh, so I'm excited. I to was, talk I to was Joe. watching one of his comedy. Uh, which one is the Netflix special? God, what what is the Netflix one? Like the big one? I was just watching it the other day. It's one of the biggest no, specials on called? right now. This, Do you remember? Uh, I don't know. Okay. No. Well, he's got a huge one on Netflix. I got to look it up now so I don't look like a total ass right before he comes on. Netflix Joe Coy special. It's uh, he's done like the one in Seattle. Like he's dude, he's a big deal. This is a good get for us. So um, Except now I can't. Now I look like a total uh, asshole because I can't remember the name of his special right before he comes on. So bad. I know, Dang, Dax. I'm such what a are you loser. Doing? What are you doing? But you know what's cool? Like I. Re- it's funny because I feel like I've known his career for so long, like before the Chelsea Lately show. Live from Seattle. There live we from go. Seattle. That's what I think I said. Is Seattle yes. special? So, uh, great special. Live from Seattle is an amazing. That was the one I watched the other um, day. It was really good. It was really funny. I remember when he did the Apollo. That's how great. You know, I've been following him for a long time. He did late night the Apollo. I remember being up late at night, and it was. Uh, I remember watching him do late night the Apollo. And the Hawaii, and the Hawaii so, one is really ex- funny too. By the way, did you watch that one? Yes. Very good. I good. did. I did. I watch all the comedy. Well, specials, you're you're man. a comic, I, I so you kind of like you're almost like doing research when you're watching these things. Yeah, I'm doing research, but yet again, it's like someone like Joe Coy is someone who I feel like I sort of like has followed his whole career because, like I said, I remember him doing late night sh- at the Apollo when he had a, like it was a contest and he had rubbed the tree before he come out and make sure he didn't get booed and he won and that was really cool. I'm excited to talk to him before we get to Joe Coy. Uh, Dax, what are we doing? I don't know. What are we doing? What are we even doing in life is what I really want to know. No, um, we got to <laughs> let let's read a comment because we always leave those for the beginning. Try to, you know, give a little shout out to someone who is leaving us a review, hopefully five stars because <laughs> that's important. Yeah. Um, so let's give one of our listeners Very. a little shout out right now. Shout out goes to 
Crew Gorman. They're simply the best. Love listening to the show each week. These guys get the best celebrities and have fun conversations with them. Can't decide who has the best hair, though. <laughs> uh, that's easy. It's me. <laughs> that's a good point. I no. so got good color. Mine's just Dude, mine's just sun damage. Your at hair this game point. though has stepped up since quarantine started. I mean, oh, it's great. You know what's so good mm. about this hair? Oh, it's thick, man. Thick ass. It, hair. What's great about this hair is I don't have to wear a helmet on a bike. <laughs> you know, like I'm wearing a helmet. It's permanently stuck to me. So that's so, the best thank part you, of it. Crew but that's Gorman the best thing you do to support five stars. We appreciate. Yeah, it. that's the best thing you do to support this podcast is leave a review, five star only, because that's all you know. If but, you don't do it less than five stars, feel we're not free see it, to you know? trash but, Adam in the comments as long as it's five stars, because I will read <laughs> yeah. that shit on air, guys. Yeah, listen, if it's five star, <laughs> please read it. I don't care. I can handle it. I can handle it. What are we doing about this thing? We do this thing. Or can we talk more about the show? What we do that people could kind of leave questions. Do you yeah, talk yeah. About that? So the 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 thing that we've started it seems to be going really well with celebs so we, we've been doing this fan question roulette and we basically will take your guys's questions even though you have no idea who the celeb is male female nothing about them um and we will let you read or we'll play your your question on air during our interview and celebs have been loving it. I mean, Jody Sweden, she was like this is the coolest. Um I I've got a couple lined up for Joe Coy today. GG but the thing is that you guys don't realize. Yeah. So if you send them to our DM on IG, that's the best way. Submit them. Say, hey, this is Joe in Seattle, and here's my question. And you send it in. The producers grab them. Pat, our producer, grabs them. He drops them in. We never see them. So when I say roulette. Never see them. Legit roulette. We don't see them. We're just playing a random question. We see your name. That's all we see. So it's fun for the guest and for us. And no, it's also scary <laughs> for us because we don't know what you're going to say. So we hope yeah. it's fun so for the guest, say, but it's also scary for us we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's a little nerve wracking because we're going to look bad to the celeb. But at the same note, there's that element of really funny and scary. Exactly. So Pat, don't screw us. <laughs> you know, and have, also, guys, it's really fun. It's a great video. It it's is, great it content. Uh, so it's really fun. So send us DM your questions. We'll post it on air. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me personally, I was in between jobs. I had no direction. I didn't know what I was going to do next. I was scared about my future. I didn't know how I was going to provide. And I wish I had someone to talk to. You're not just a friend or a family member. Someone who had professional advice that was non-biased and could give me put me in the right direction, who could give me a really good strategy. That's why BetterHelp will access your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. Listen, this is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. This is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log on to your account anytime, send a message directly to your counselor. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You don't ever have to go and sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like you do with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. 
BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website. You can read through hundreds of testimonials that are posted daily. You know, one that popped out to me was this lady, Norma. I'm not going to read her exact comment, but she basically said that her counselor is a fantastic listener, gives her great advice. Um, She's only been working with her for the last month, but has helped open her eyes to the reality of her situation and continues to be this beacon of support for her. And even will go ahead and schedule an appointment on days that there wasn't one already on the calendar. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Hollywood Raw. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. It's pretty cool that we can, you know, have a sponsor that is helping so many people. I mean, that means a lot to me. I know that means a lot to Adam. You know, in fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So uh, we have an offer for our Hollywood Raw listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Hollywood Raw. Dex, tell us about our guest Huge today. guest today. Uh, this person is a comedian, a podcaster, television personality, and an author of a brand new book called Mixed Plate Chronicles of an All-American Combo, available for pre-order now. Well, by the way, we're releasing this podcast today because of this. Um, and uh, the, our guest today, Joe Coy. Very, very funny man. Joe Coy, welcome. Yeah, so we got Joe fresh from a parent-teacher conference. <laughs> uh, how'd it go? How you doing, bud? Uh, you know, I'm stressed. Can you hear me? Yes. Yep. You're good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stressed. But, you know, hey, it's 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 all new for every parent right now. It's, it's not easy. And, uh, you know, you got to understand – that it's not, I have a, I, I get to tell my son I graduated and I got to walk and I got to go to senior prom and all that. And we got to understand that these kids only know the stories about it. They're not going to experience it. So we're dealing with that. And I think a lot of us parents have seemed to forgot that, you yeah. know, and that's, that's the, that's the, that's the tender spot that we need to, to work with right now. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm a little upset at my son, but then I'm not upset because it's, this is all new for everyone. It's new for parents and it's new for these kids. And, and it just sucks that my son has to graduate and, and, uh, and, and he's, his birthday is being celebrated, uh, without friends. Like it sucks. All right. So pause for one second, because I think this, you know, this is the perfect situation to bring up better help. You know, our podcast is sp- sponsored by betterhelp.com And, um, I think there's a lot of kids out there dealing with what Joe's son is in high school, not having the prom, not having the graduation. And so, you know, listen, if you're a senior, if if you're any student dealing right now with the stresses of just having this quarantine life suck out everything of your senior year and you need someone to talk to, you don't want to talk to your friends, you don't want to talk to your parents, head over to betterhelp.com slash Hollywood Raw and really seek out someone to talk to that that's all i can say betterhelp.com slash hollywood raw we hope you get the help that you need okay let's get back to the podcast it, this yeah, all kid, sucks you know kids are getting totally fucked over like yeah, the last man. two years like i can't imagine not having that senior prom or yeah. that graduation it's like something that you you take for granted because that just was a part of senior year yes and to have it ripped away and it's like cool let's sit on zoom and talk about graduation exactly like, and, like, and there's a lot of parents out there that are getting upset at, at, at their kids and it's like really like if anything, we should really like step back and realize that that you know they're gonna this especially 
20 and 21, these kids went through something that probably will never happen again, and it sucks. You know what I mean? They're never, my son's never going to see his junior prom. He's never going to see his senior prom. Like that's, none of that's ever going to happen again. Yeah. We're not, we can't recreate that. This, this life moment right here is something that only he's going to experience and, and it just sucks. And we need to like, we need to like, as parents, we have to recognize that, that it's a different kind of emotion right now. So now our kids, are our schools doing anything to like try to make up for the lack of these big momental events or is that, it just like, nope, it's done. Bye. That, that was my concern at this meeting as I was just like, you know, I was expressing like, you know, we're, we're acting like this is normal school. This isn't, you know what I mean? Just because you're able to have a curriculum and, and do uh, classwork via Zoom, that doesn't make it normal. And these kids are like missing out on all the joys, you know what I mean, of, of being a senior that they've worked 12 years for. And they heard stories from everybody, you know, even their old classmates graduating, being seniors, like him seeing his cousins walk and graduate. He doesn't get to get any of that. So, like, I feel like these teachers need to just step back a little bit, pump the brakes a little bit, you know, and, and understand that, you know, mentally these kids are going through a lot right now. Yeah. We don't see it because they're kids. The kids don't know how to express that. But I think as adults, we should really, like, understand what they're going through. Step back a little, you know, pump yeah. it, pump it, yeah. up, pump a little brake. We don't have to... Just because there's ability to virtually teach them doesn't mean you have to just bombard them with schoolwork and overwhelm these kids. These kids are going through a lot of other stresses right now, and we got to recognize that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to no. start this thing off. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I think it's it's this is real life shit right here, dude. Yeah, this man. is what a lot of people are going through. Yeah, and, say- and, oh, by the way, I just want to say because uh, you know the the. The, the staff at the school, they, they all know who I am. So in no way am I like mad. I'm just like, I think we all need to like conform and realize and understand that these kids are dealing with a, a, a something that we can't understand. I, I, I'll never understand it because I graduated. I, yeah. I, I know how it was to be on my senior year and, and, and kicking it with my friends and bullshitting and having fun and going to parties left and right graduation. Like, my son's not going to experience that, man. So we need to like understand that there's a another emotion, there's another layer that they're going through, and we need to recognize that. Pump yeah. the brakes. Yeah. Do you ever <laughs> is it ever nervous for you for your son's experience in schooling because he's got a dad who's a you know a celebrity. He's on TV. He's young. He's cool. He gets it. You know, he's got a different profession in life than all the other dads. Do you ever fear that, or is it just exciting for you? Like, how do you how do you deal with that? Uh, you know, it's, 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 first of all, I'm young dressed. (laughs) I I am young clothes. I'm young outfit. Uh, inside this shell, old man. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, my beard started going gray. What the fuck? Like, that's not fair. I'm still young at heart. I shouldn't be getting a gray beard. Yeah. (laughs) I'm young because I buy cool cars but, uh, <laughs> but you should hear i grunt to get in them it's very old uh, but 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 you know my son you know living in la you know he's got he's got friends that have celebrity dads as well so it's kind of you know i think my son is growing up uh with other kids with parents in the same you know field as me so it's kind of it's kind of cool i will say this though I'm the coolest one. 
<laughs> have you met any other other cool dads because your fr- your son's been friends with them? Like, have um, you met any other like celeb dads? Where you're like, oh, yeah. kind of cool. Like, my son's the one that's like doing the introduction. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. It's 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 kind of neat because uh, you know my son's uh, the the stuff I talk about you know in my my stand up is like real life. It's like chronological. You know what I mean? Like it's I'm watching my son grow grow in my act. So like when I go back and watch my old stuff, I'm like, oh shit, that's right. He was he was nine when I did that. You know, and so it's kind of cool because the teachers see that and they actually. So when they see me do the routines. There was one joke where I talked about a teacher and, and 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 all the teachers kept coming up to me like, exactly which one were you talking about? Like, <laughs> was it me? Was it Doreen? Who was it? Like, so it's kind of cool to, to see my son grow up and also have like, you know, the people around him also witness what's happening with us. So what has stand-up been for you lately? Like, have you been doing these virtual comedy shows? Have you been doing drive-in comedy shows? Have you even been performing? No, is it or is it just nice to have like more free time with your family? I, I refuse uh, to conform to uh, the norm right now. Like I, I, I don't believe in virtual comedy. I don't think comedy or any type of live entertainment can be replaced. I refuse. It's kind of like when my dad was like, "I'll never drink water out of a bottle." You know what I mean? And now yeah, my dad yeah, yeah. just now my dad can't stop drinking Kirkland. <laughs> so it's like, but but I I honestly and truly feel that live entertainment will never be replaced. I mean, it's it's it, it just can't. There's something about that kinetic energy of the room, uh, making a bunch of strangers laugh at the same thing at the same time, and everybody applauding and leaving their worries and 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 fears and everything at the door and just being vulnerable. Like all that stuff happens at a club. All that stuff happens at a theater. All that yeah. stuff happens at an arena. Like you will never replace that ever. And and I and I refuse to do it. I, I did, I will say this, I did go up uh uh at Dave Chappelle's uh in Yellow Spring, uh in the cornfield. And I will say if anyone did it right, it's Dave Chappelle. Uh that was amazing. Was I, it a good I, gig or it was the best gig I ever done? Why? Why do you <laughs> say that? Well, one, Dave just did it right. You know, he he did everything right. He did the testing. He did the social distancing. There was over 600 something people in the middle of a cornfield. The sound was right. Like he he compensated for what wasn't there and made up for it everywhere else. So it's like, yeah, we're in the middle of a cornfield, but uh, let me bring in 75 speakers. So it sounds like we're indoor and no one's no one's missing a joke, you know, and uh, the lighting was right. He had all these cameras that was just recording everything. He had screens so people could see it from far away. And it was just, it was just a vibe. It was an energy. And, uh, it felt like Woodstock, man. I felt like I was a part of Woodstock. We were in this little town called Yellow Springs, which is where he lives. And I mean, people were traveling from all over the country just to be there for those two nights. And, uh, it was special. It was really special. So, yeah, How did I you get it. hooked up with that? Did Dave reach out to you, say, come by? Or did you reach out to Dave and say, listen, heard you're doing this stuff. I want to come by and check it out. How does that come about? Um, you know, it's kind of a blessing to to come up uh, in this game when I did. You know what I mean? So my class was like, you know, I remember opening up for Dave Chappelle 23 years ago. You know wow. what I mean? At the House of Blues at uh, at, at the Mandalay Bay, you know? And, yeah. and, and to see where he's at now, you know, and – and to be able to do the things that he does is amazing. Uh, coming up with Tiffany Haddish, 
You know what I mean? Like we were both broke at the laugh factory, her babysitting my son. When I get on stage, you know, uh, it, it, it's just, it's neat to all be where we are at this point in our careers. And it was just, it was awesome that, that, you know, Tiffany and I flew out to Yellow Springs to perform at uh, Dave's. I don't even know what to call it. Dave's cornfield. <laughs> like Dave's, yeah. it was amazing. So yeah, Tiffany is the one that got me out there, and uh, and and it was the most amazing thing ever. Ali Wong, Ali Wong, uh, Michelle Wolf, Mo Ammer, and uh, oh Donnell crushed and uh. Donnell. Every, actually, everyone crushed. I there were so many people about. coming out. I think John Stewart might have came out for a little. No, not CK. that one. Oh, not, not that, that one. Okay. It was the one that I was on was just me, Tiffany Haddish, uh, Mo Ammer, uh, Michelle Wolf, Donnell, and of course Dave. It was did amazing. You, we did, all you, crushed. Were you rusty from not being on stage so much, or nope. did it just feel you and <laughs> Does you get rusty or no? Just because nope. it's so built in your system. I think it's just. Uh, I just speak that language now. This is my 31st year, man. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I had so much on my mind. There was, you know, the Zoom classes that my son wasn't going to. There was the pandemic that basically is still fresh. Um, you know, there was so much for me to talk about. And then, of course, I ripped on the town for like five minutes. So <laughs> it was it was amazing. I, I think the first thing I said when I got on stage is, you know, I was on this huge tour I was number 10 on the New York Times Arena Global Act. And uh, and that was all taken away from me. And for months, I was just sitting in my room going, I hope there's a stage somewhere in a cornfield that I can get up on. And thank you, Yellow Springs. <laughs> thank you, Yellow Springs, for making that happen. <laughs> so so is Tiffany a good uh, babysitter uh, when you uh, would leave your son? There, yeah. There's something about – I don't know if you uh, – um, have you have you ever talked to Tiff? Has she been? I, no, no, no. We haven't weekend. had her on the oh, show. Oh, not the podcast. I actually talked to her this weekend. Oh, you would love her. She's you would great. Love her. She's awesome. She's, she's just very real. loving. She's very loving, and uh, you got to remember where she came from too. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of foster care. A lot of uh, you know, uh, she was young and uh, broke <laughs> and uh, homeless, and uh, and I didn't know that at the time. You know, I just knew about her struggle and uh, and 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 to see where she's at now and, and as giving as she is it's just amazing it, it really is amazing so when you when you meet her and just see how much she loves kids and, and and like you ever you ever see someone do something when when you're young and then when you get older you're like you hear about their struggles or whatever it is that they went through and you're like oh shit no wonder she was so good you mm -hmm. know what i mean does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. Or so you're just like, like, how did they deal with it? And no one ever knew. Like, yeah. how did I not know they were going through so much shit in their life? So and yet shit. they were like a rock star. Yep. Well, yeah, man. And just like how she was with my kid and how she was with her stage presence and how she was as a person. And and you just sit back and like you, your, your appreciation for that person just grows exponentially. You're just like, wow, man, you're amazing. So, and I hope she says the same about me. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, we had Michael. So she's Yoa. like, this asshole would leave me his kid and go on stage. Yeah, he didn't give a shit about his kid. He and just was worried about the light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had Michael Yo on, and Michael Yo on actually talks about you and says oh. you were the one who kind of, you know, you were the one who took him under his wing. You know, uh. he, you know, you took, yeah, you took under your wing. Who was the person that took? care of you you know the veteran comic that really is like joe i'm gonna kind of put you on the right path give you some stage time help you out who is that person i think i think the one that i love to uh you know that i really love uh telling people about is uh 
Uh, John Lovitz, you know what I mean? Because he was my idol when I was in a – am I frozen? Can you see me? No, I see you. I, I dare okay. you're, you're, you may be a little frozen. <laughs> oh, man. I hope it oh, doesn't – is it moving? Uh, Should no. I wait? Can we cut? It's okay. Let's see. Let's see if it pops back in here in a second. Let's see. Come on. Don't do this to me. <laughs> Hold on. Don't move. Let, let, okay. Hey, this is fun. This is fun. There we go. There we go. You're back. Okay. Yeah. I just, right. Hey, I just jiggled the cord. <laughs> Perfect. I just went like that. It um, works. All right. So, so John Lovitz, the reason why I love saying John Lovitz so much is when I was a kid, I used to do all his person. you know, all I used to impersonate him as a kid, everything from Saturday Night Live. You know what I mean? Uh, so when he finally walked up to me, well, actually he called me, um, my manager gave him my number and, uh, and he called me and was like, I think you're so funny. I want to take you on the road. <laughs> I want you to open for me. You're, and before I would even answer, he'd go, you're welcome. <laughs> so, and just the opening for him was just amazing, man. Just, yeah, you know, that was so much fun. And then of course, you know, uh, Chelsea Handler, when I, you know, when we first met, it was with Chel uh, with John Lovitz, and John was like, uh, I, "Watch how old this story is. This is going to be very, uh, very specific. So uh, if your audience, you'll know uh -huh. who's old and who's young." Um, he goes, John goes, "You, I want you to meet Chelsea Handler. She's coming to, <laughs> she's coming on the show next week. She's so funny. She's my only friend." On MySpace. <laughs> I swear to God, dude, I went home and I logged on to MySpace. And you remember you can pick like your top, yeah, eight. Your top, top eight. eight. That was a big thing. And literally it was just, I went to John's uh, MySpace page and it was just Tom because everyone had Tom. Sure. Tom, and, yeah. and then Chelsea Handler. That's all he had. <laughs> I remember going, what about me, asshole? He's like, well, you're not as funny as Chelsea. <laughs> whatever so, so chelsea used to open she used to open for us and uh and i remember just uh every time uh he'd be up on stage her and i would just you know go at it in, in the back and just make each other laugh and, and the first thing she said to me was uh i got this show idea that i'm gonna i'm gonna make and i want you to be my sidekick so i was supposed to be the original sidekick on her show oh and uh and i turned it down true? yeah I, and i turned it down yeah. Yeah. I went through all the process with her. Like we went through like a couple meetings and stuff. And, and, uh, and I remember, uh, right at the last second I pulled out and I was just like, Chelsea, I, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be a sidekick. I want to do my own thing and blah, blah, blah. I, I got this deal with comedy central with a special. And I, I kind of want to just take that route by mind you, I'm, I'm selling shoes at Nordstrom rack and I'm also cleaning yacht, like party boats on the weekend. Like I, I, I need a job. I, I need this gig. But I still said no, and she cursed me out. I wish we had a – I wish I was able to record it, but she just cursed me out. This is the worst mistake. This is the worst fucking mistake you'll ever make. You're going to wish you never fucking did. This show is going to be a fucking hit. Bam, she hangs up on me. And uh, and that's how amazing Chelsea is. She knew the show was going to be huge. And I remember uh, six months later, I'm getting picked up by my ex-wife at the time. Uh, she picks me up at Nordstrom Rack after work. This is a long story. I'm sorry. No, it's and, good. Uh, I like it. She picks me up from Nordstrom Rack, and uh, and she goes, "Have you heard of Chelsea Handler? Can you can you imagine that? I'm in the car, <laughs> and she's like, "Have you heard of Chelsea Handler?" I'm like, "Yeah, she's hysterical. She used to open for uh, John and I, and she's like, her show's amazing. 
I'm recording it right now. I can't wait for you to watch it. And I remember just sitting in front of the TV like, what the fuck did I do? Like the worst mistake of my life. And I'm here I am selling shoes. I could have been on this show. And But this is how amazing she is. About six months after that, she finally gave me a call. And literally, she put me on every single week. And, and it was to the point where everyone thought I was a regular. I mean, I was a regular, but everyone thought I was like part of the staff and all this. So yeah, you. I think you might have done like over like a hundred episodes. Oh, I did so many episodes, man. I was on every week. I, I think I was yeah. the only guest that did it every Tuesday. And and she sh she sat me in the same spot and her and I, our, our banter was amazing. And, you know, and of course everyone else on the panel was amazing, but yeah, that show just, that, that took me through the roof, man. So I, I always tell Chelsea, thank you so much. It's pretty amazing that you were given, like, I don't want to say a second chance, but essentially a second chance with that because most people, if they pass on an opportunity like that, the door yeah. doesn't come back open. You don't get to appear on the show a hundred times. It's like, no, you fucked up, you're out. And yeah. it, it's really cool that she was. She I would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> if someone would have passed on my show, I'd be like, hey, go fuck yourself. We're a hit now. So, but so I think Chelsea just, she, I, I'm telling you, she was a visionary, man. Like, she knew that show was going to be a hit, a smash. And, and, and what's so cool about her is she also understood that it took more than her for it to be the success that it was. She yeah. knew that it needed Josh and Lonnie and, and Heather and Ross and got everybody else, Jen and, and Sarah. Like it, she knew that it needed us and, and she recognized that. And, and, and that's what makes her even more amazing to, to be able to like, like share the limelight and, and know that it was for, for the best of the show. So at what point in your career were you like, oh, shit, I can live off comedy? Was it when you started appearing on her show a lot? Was it appearing on her show allowed for bigger audiences at comedy shows? Yeah. Like, what was it you're like, I can make it, I can live off comedy? Live off comedy was uh, this night. Was that night. Jay Leno. Leno. Jay. All right. Jay. Wait, was and that a, the standing ovation night? That was standing O night. And... And like, I remember when I told all my friends, my comic friends that I got the Tonight Show and they were like, oh, that's good for tape. It's not going to change your career. And, and, and kind of in, in a way they're right. You know what I mean? It wasn't like the Johnny Carson Tonight mm -hmm. Show, but I, I, I went in with the mentality of I need TV tape and I'm going to crush this. So I got the standing O and uh, literally a week later, I was uh, I, literally, I, I got offered a television spot, uh, not a TV, uh, a commercial spot. I was like the ambassador for this brand called Amp, Amp Mobile. They took me on this mini tour, like mm -hmm. promoting sales for the thing. And I did like, I opened the show, but they were paying me so much money. By the time I was done with the tour, I remember looking at my ex now, but she was my wife at the time. And I, I was just like, I can quit. Mm -hmm. uh, and I never looked back. It was done. Wow. I, I never had to work again. It was 13, four, 14 or 15 years into my career. Uh, and I, I was finally able to walk away and That's I was amazing. scared, man. I remember walking away from Wells Fargo cause I had, I had three or four jobs, but Wells Fargo was the one that I was nervous about. Cause they were kind of like, you know, they were kind of like a stable job and they always worked around my schedule. But I remember walking away and the manager was and the manager, Robert, he, he, I remember when I walked away, he goes, you know, you can always come back. <laughs> like they were so cool. He's like, you can always come back. We love you, man. You can always You're like, back, so. thank you, but I don't want to. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. No, no hate. I just don't want to. I don't want to fall back on anything. <laughs> this is my dream coming true. So, yeah, That's man, so that was the, that was the last time. Yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea was that 
when I started doing Chelsea is when I started doing multiple weeks. It was so crazy. Like, you know how when you get onto the improv circuit, just selling five shows on a weekend was hard, right? Like, that's that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. When I started doing Chelsea, I was selling out five and adding six more to my show. So I, I'd have to stay in each city for like two weeks. So you, actually have crazy. To, so you probably have to fly back in just to do Chelsea, then fly yeah. back out. Chicago, I would just stay there. I would literally yeah. just stay there for 14 days and do a run. Uh, and then like the – I can't even count like Houston. I would do 15 shows and uh, got New Jersey, uh, all, all these Miami, like it was all over the place. And it was all because of Ch like I had my, I had my stand up audience. And then all of a sudden I started getting this Chelsea audience, you know, and, mm -hmm. and then it started like this, this, I don't know, man, it was crazy. I can't explain the phenomenon, man, but it yeah. was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Well, Corolla, it's Corolla was the same way. I started doing Corolla and I could literally like look at like my 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 line, my meet and greet at the end, and I, I could literally pick out each person. Like, okay, this next person is a Chelsea fan. Oh, that's a Corolla fan. Oh, that's a Comedy Central fan. So it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, man. Well, it's interesting because you know when Johnny Carson came out, if you killed on Johnny Carson, yeah. Johnny would walk over to you. That was the famous thing. If Johnny came over yep. to you and shook your hand, you know, you always that where you got invited to the couch. Maybe it was Johnny. You yeah. got invited to the couch. That's when you knew you crushed on Carson. Then you kind of came up there in a different time. And it's crazy that you did performed and you got a standing ovation on the tonight show with Jay Leno. Crazy. And, was, and, and I wasn't supposed to go to the couch. They told me really? backstage that Joaquin went too long and he went all my time. And they walked up to him. They go, when you say goodnight, stand on your mark. And Jay's going to walk up to you and you guys are going to go to commercial because uh, Joaquin went like six minutes. Like, you know, that was that time when Joaquin was being all yeah weird. Kind of like he was doing that whole weird thing. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. so, uh, yeah, he went really, really long. And then uh, and then I got the standing O and I remember standing there and I looked to my right and Jay's waving me over, just waving me. And I ran over and sat down and. He asked me a setup question. I, I answered it. And then we went to break. I go, they told me to stand on the mark. I'm so sorry, Jay. He goes, no, no, no. I know you're supposed to stand on the mark, but uh, you got a standing ovation. I'm not going to leave it there, man. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, yeah, we yeah. Times I did the trash. I didn't get a standing ovation. You got a standing ovation. <laughs> it was so cool. So cool. But do you think a comic now, if they do Fallon, if they do Colbert, that, you know, you know, as a comic, does it really matter anymore? You know, like, it's, you know, you, you remember as a comic, the, the late night spots, everyone used to work so hard to get a late night spot. Yeah. But do late night spots even matter now? I think that's almost I, like it's like whatever. It's, it's, it's To me, I think individually, I will have to say no for me. And, and the only reason why is you could do a five minute spot on The Tonight Show. And, and I love Jimmy, what he's doing. But certain demographic, are they all watching? You got to edit your, you got to edit completely. You know what I mean? Whatever it is that you want to talk about has to be hammered out word for word. And, uh, and sometimes it's not the way you deliver it. Um, or you can do five minutes on, on Instagram and get, shoot, I just posted something on TikTok. It went 24.5 million people watched it. It's like, who pulls those numbers? You know what I mean? I and I just posted that. It was it's a bit I did on, on Netflix and it's like, I, it's hard for me to find out for me. I'd rather, I, 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 I'm using the tools that's in the palm of my hand right now to, to promote. Yeah. And, and, and then of course, you know, Netflix's platform is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's ridiculous. So yeah, it feels like just so much has changed. Like you said, TikTok. it's like, 
comedians don't have to utilize these these big TV shows anymore. You could be a a small comedian, kill it on TikTok, and be the next big person out there. It really yeah. is amazing how you much really the, can. The, the power only has thing, shifted. The only thing I say to to them, because yeah, you could blow up overnight. And there's a couple of guys that I know that are you know they're that are trying to get in uh, that way. And I always tell them when you're ready. Then start hitting the clubs, but don't don't bank on a five minute set that blew up and went viral, and now you think you could do an hour set at the club. You're gonna lose a lot of fans quicker than you're gonna gain. Yeah. So just make sure that that the back end's ready. So I, I always tell them that you know you could you still got to be funny. <laughs> yeah. Do you get nervous when you go on TV, no. or is that like in the past now? It's yeah, it's in the past. Um, and I don't know. I just there's something about it. Like the banter that Chelsea and I had really broke this this wall that I had in front of me when I used to do TV. I used to always be in my head, and then all of a sudden, Chelsea and I had this banter of where we just completely ignored the cameras and, and just opened up. And, and I think that was the cool thing about E that they let her get away with so much, man. It, it didn't matter what topic she talked about or how she talked to us or what she said. They just let her get away with it. So it, it opened up this, uh, this, uh, God, the, the, what am I trying to say? Genuine banter. It wasn't fake. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah, no, totally. So, so now it's like when I see a camera, I always have that in my mindset. Like I'm cool. I, I I'm just going to open up the way I always did. And, and that's why it's kind of easy for me to do the, the talk shows or whatever it is that I, I'm about to do. Have you bombed on TV? Yeah. Who has it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, is that the worst though? Bomb I, 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 clubs, bombing in clubs is like normal. You're, you got to get used to it. It's part of the business. Yeah. Bombing on TV has got to be really brutal. Where did you bomb on TV? I mean, be um, just a joke on Chelsea, but besides have you ever bombed even when you did BET comic view or anything else? BET comic view, I got a standing ovation. Um, that changed my life. Um, yeah. The way I got BET's comic view was crazy too. Like, I wasn't supposed to be on that show. I, I literally walked up to a, a, a show at a restaurant that was hosting a BET's Comic View event. And I literally asked the security guard to go get the promoter. And I had this fake, uh, uh, what is it called? A resume. And I handed it. I was like, hey, I'm a comic. Can I go up? And, and literally, she let me in. All the comics were late. I went, she asked me if I wanted to do five minutes. <laughs> I went up, got a standing ovation at that restaurant and uh and the guy off stage just looked at me and went you're gonna be on comic view like literally that's how i got that wow, wow. yeah um but but bombing oh my god dude i just hope it doesn't if you research it you'll find it you know what I mean? like, <laughs> uh, there's a lot there's a lot so i, I can't remember i think carson daly oh that was but that was rough oh that was rough uh uh jimmy kimmel oh you bombed on Kimmel? <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't know. I don't see how a comic kills on Kimmel. And it's not the Kimmel show. You should crush. But for some reason, there's something about that room. It's hard, man. Yeah. It's a hard room. It's an old theater. You know, it's like a movie theater. So it's like these big, giant, I don't know. It's 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 a rough room to, to get laughs in. So That's so fun. Do you, do you feel pressure? Please don't to, research it. Yeah, right, right. And we're going to go Google it right now. Do you feel pressure to constantly be funny? I, I was thinking about this because, like, I got to imagine sometimes, like, you don't want to be funny. Like, like say, for instance, today, 
you go to school for your kid and you're having like a meeting and it's almost like there's a pressure of people know who you are. You're yeah. a comedian. They're used to you being funny. Do you have to throw a joke in even though it's a teacher parent conference or do you go, nope, like I'm not going to be funny now. I just, I'm just so curious on that. That's such a great question because I, I I'm going to tell you that it, this, this meeting was, it was pretty, uh, it was, it was rough. It, it, I'm not going to lie. And uh, mentally, I was exhausted and uh and so was the mommy you know we're, we're we're going through you know some some stuff you know what i mean and, yeah. and we'll, we'll be able to manage uh so yeah it's always like i gotta dig into that that bag of funny tricks you know what i mean and mm -hmm. and it, and even that's exhausting and i'm not saying i'm turning it on for you guys this is actually a relief for me <laughs> to be able to talk right now you know <laughs> no, i just i just think like every person they're going to recognize you and they're going to expect it whether yeah. or not you're pumping gas you're paying your bill yeah. you're you know and it's like you have to leave an impression but it's like fuck at a point you're like i don't have to be funny for every single person but then yeah. they walk off and they're like oh joe's not funny and you're like yeah, damn i have four seconds with you <laughs> Why are you hating me on Twitter? <laughs> I'm at the gas station. What did you want me to do? No, I don't want to take a selfie with you. You don't have your mask on. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what that's going to do to me? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it, it's hard, man. But then I also have to, you know what I always said, man? Like when I, when I, uh, I remember when I had to shake Eddie Murphy's hand for the first time. And how long it took me to get the courage just to do that. You know what I mean? Like it took mm -hmm. me 15 minutes to be like, yo, just talking to myself. Just walk up, shake your hand, tell them. Say, so I can only imagine how hard it is for people to walk up to me when they do. So I always remember that. Like it's hard for people to just walk up and say hi. And I do get mad because sometimes they act like idiots. But then I'm like, okay, I was the idiot when I walked up to Eddie because I was nervous. So it's just yeah. a nervous energy. And I got to realize that. And I also have to realize that that person uh, is the reason why my son goes to private school. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. true yeah. So I got to like always remember that. Comedy doesn't pay private school bills. Mm -hmm. My fans do. I could sit out front of that church all day and tell jokes. They'd be like, hey, man. You still owe us a lot of money. <laughs> so how I got to remember does, that. How long does it take you to come up with uh, like a solid hour that you could feel like confident that you could tour in, possibly film it? I, I'm ready. The minute I drop my hour special, I already have another hour special. And the reason why is because while I'm working that hour, uh, I, I always filter in new jokes for the new hour. I'm always prepared because I, I know that once that hour drops, it's done. Yeah, it's gone. Mm -hmm. I, I can't tour and do my bits. It's 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 not. I I I would hate doing it. Uh, I would I wouldn't like going on stage and telling those jokes. And then uh and then the fans that come to see me were like, "What the fuck? I could have could have watched this on Netflix, asshole." <laughs> so, uh, so I'm always like, like that's my number one thing is making sure I have a new hour when that hour drops. So I'm already ready. Like. Netflix, we ju I just signed another deal with Netflix for another hour. So, um, yeah, we're, we're getting ready to shoot that. How, how forum, those, baby, the Forum, Los Angeles. That's where we're shooting. How, wow. does, how do these deals with Netflix come out? Is it you pitching them? Is it them coming to you? Like, how does it work for someone who, who doesn't do that kind of thing? I love you, Netflix. The facial expressions were literally because there was no one coming after me, man. 
Not one person. So, so you go to them. You go to them and pitch a new show or a new 20, stand-up? 26 years in the game. Oh, man, I don't want to look like I'm being like uh, – just understand what I'm trying to say is <laughs> understand understand my struggle. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want you guys to think I'm 27 years in the game and no one came up to me. What? No, it's – just understand how hard it, it, it hurt me to be 27 years in the game – and 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 selling the amount of tickets that I sold worldwide, I was you know I'm I'm traveling everywhere and selling out everywhere. You know what I mean? Uh, breaking records, man! Like you could go to the improvs, go to it. You'll see you'll see that I, I I put my stamp on a lot of those clubs, and and for Netflix to not come up to me or at least uh, at least ask, you know what I mean? It was it, it crushed me? So you know I, I've told this story before. I. I I went to Netflix about six times when I found out that they were doing original series, like original comedy, original stand-up series. And uh, and I wanted to be on that year because I knew they were going after big names. You know what I mean? I knew they were going after Chappelle and Rock and and uh, I can't even name everybody, Seinfeld and you know Ray Romano. Like they were going after all these cats to be on that year, 2017. And and and, and that they were going to air a new hour special every week. And I remember looking at my manager going, I got to be on that. You know, and that was 2015. That was 2015, the end of 2015. So we kept hounding them and hounding them. They kept saying, no, no, no. And then finally they were like, hey, we're going to go ahead and pass. And we already got our comics for the for 2017. After those drop, we'll come and look you at 2017. Hopefully we'll get you on 2018. And I literally wanted to cry, man. I was just like, you got to be kidding me, man. And uh, I just looked at my manager. I was like, what do we have to do? Because I, I want I, I want to be on this. And he was just like, let's shoot it ourselves, man. We got the money. Let's do it. So I, I paid for that first special. Live from really? Seattle is 100% mine. If you watch Live from Seattle, Live from Seattle, I paid for everything. From the lights to the staging behind me, the the venue, everything. And uh Cost me a lot of money, man. Check out this pressure. This is for everyone that's watching right now. When someone tells you no, make sure you show them why they should have said yes. I I paid for everything, right? And we still got a phone call from them because they knew that I was paying for it. And, and Netflix was like, hey, just to let you know, man, we're, we're, we're not interested. <laughs> oh, shit. What the fuck, man? Imagine that pressure, bro. Because and, and I get it. Like, like I understand Netflix's position. Like they, you know, we, we want you to know we we are not interested. We hear that you're shooting it and, and we don't want to get your hopes up. We just yeah. want to let you know that we have no interest. They I feel I, I get it. Like I, I would have done the same thing if I, I if I heard someone was doing that. But just imagine the pressure backstage, right? And and, and knowing that I have no more money, I'm broke, I'm tapped in, everything that I I, I had saved up is in, in this one special. My son's asleep on the on the couch upstairs. I got my agent, my my I got my agents and my manager. And I, I remember telling him, like, this is not fair. I remember saying that to him. This sucks. I go, why do I got to do this? So that that that's what I went through for Netflix, and and I shot it. I remember my agent just saying, hey man, just kill it, man. Let us do the work. Just fucking kill it tonight. And and I remember right right when I said goodnight on on the second show, the second taping, I remember looking at him backstage. I go, man, we got ourselves a we got our, we got ourselves a gold. We got we got gold right here. Wait, so then, so you film it. Then what happens? You you then so we, go back to them and say, "You no, fuckers want this?" No, no. We edited it. 
And uh, that took a while. And I sat in that editing bay, man. I, I, I was in any way the whole time watching it get cut and I was making cuts and, and moving stuff. And, and then, uh, and I remember when, when we finished, we, I was just like, Oh my God, dude, if they say no to this, they're stupid. <laughs> Cause it was so good. I was like, I, I was proud of myself. And, uh, and literally we, we brought it to their table and, uh, we shopped it around to other networks, but then we gave it to Netflix. And then and I remember we put it on their desk and mind you, they said that they were full. You remember they said that 2017, yeah. the roster was full and, uh, and we put it on their desk and, uh, literally 30 minutes later, they go, don't shop it around. We want it. We're going to put in an offer. Wow. And that's, that's what happened. Yeah, man. Wow. That took a year. That took a year to make because 2015, we asked them 2016. I taped it on, uh, I think April of 2016. It took me about six months to cut. And then, uh, November of 2016, they said, uh, they, they finally inked the deal with me. And then March, 2017, it aired. Uh, and that was, that was amazing. Right, right before, uh, Chappelle. Wow. That's yeah, amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, man. And, and do they, do they take advantage of the fact that they know you want to be on there so bad or do they pay you what it's worth? They paid me what it was there. worth. And, uh, and I love Netflix, dude, I'm not dissing Netflix, man. I, uh, and I don't even mean a diss. I just, I know yeah. that big companies I, would be like, well, he kind of really wants the exposure. <laughs> so we're not like, we're not going to pay him like yeah. this crazy amount, even though it's good material, but yeah. there's also like the, the want factor that goes yeah, into it. You that's know? true. And, uh, and I really wanted it, obviously. Uh, no, they paid me and then they paid me uh, a little extra, just a little, nice. but enough to make me feel like, uh, you know, I sold something. <laughs> I like this and, uh, success story. It's and awesome. then, and then they gave me uh, coming in hot after that. They gave me two more specials after that, and then we just signed another one for the fourth. But here's here's a message. I know we're supposed to be talking about other topics. I I, I kind of keep talking. I'm sorry. No, this is good. I like <laughs> this. It was good. It was but, but here's the message, I guess. You know, Netflix said no, and a lot of people will take that no and get angry, especially nowadays. We got our Twitter fingers now where we just go on Twitter and blast people. Oh, I could have said, fuck. Fuck Netflix. All my followers unfollow Netflix. I could have done that. Mm -hmm. But I did it because I didn't have that kind of hate for Netflix. I understood where they were coming from. I just needed to prove to them that I need to be on it. So I had a I had a bigger obstacle and I chose the other route. I didn't want to diss Netflix. I don't want to burn the bridge. I wanted to cross the bridge. And uh and I shot it. And thank God I did, because after shooting it, they gave me coming in hot. And coming in hot was the one where I shot in the arena. Mm -hmm. in, in Hawaii and uh and because of coming in hot that's the one Spielberg watched so if I didn't shoot live from Seattle Spielberg would have never seen coming in hot and I would never be in the position where I am now where I'm shooting a movie with with Steven Spielberg uh right now that's incredible so I mean, so let's get into that you you, yeah. you do the special Spielberg sees it how does Spielberg does he just randomly He's, check this out or how did this dude, come this out? Is, it's so crazy. Like telling you the story is so surreal to me. Like I keep pitching myself. First of all, who isn't a fan of Spielberg? Right. Uh, I'm right. his biggest, biggest fan. Like when I was a kid, that's all I looked forward to was anything he put out first in line to watch it. Um, you know, he put a Filipino in uh, a movie, Hook. You know what I mean? Rufio. Uh, Dante yeah, Rufio. Bosco. You know what I mean? And that that's legend. That's a legendary move on Spielberg's part to put you know, a, a Filipino at second lead to Robin Williams, uh, 
third lead. You know, it was Robin and Dustin, and then of course Dante Bosco, Filipino. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, I'm just shouting out uh, that, that moment. But, but to, <laughs> Julia to, Roberts, uh, but I mean, she's a little actress. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, <laughs> But you got to remember, I'm a Filipino kid. I'm half white, half Filipino with an identity problem. You know, my mom and dad divorced, and here I am trying to be Filipino and be white. I didn't know what the fuck I was. I had nothing to look forward to on uh, on TV. I had nothing to inspire me. And and here's here's Spielberg putting a Filipino on on one of the biggest movies in history. You know what I mean? And and here I am, like being inspired by that indirectly. That inspired me. I remember telling everybody. I remember waiting for the credits just to see who Rufio was because I knew he was Filipino because he looked like every cousin in my family. <laughs> and I remember seeing Dante Bosco. I go, Filipino, 100% Filipino. And, and and so indirectly, like, that was my love for Steven Spielberg. You know what I mean? And 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 here we are, uh, me saying this to you, that, that when I went in for that general going into Amblin, just going into Amblin, by the way, is crazy. You know what I mean? It's one thing to drive into Paramount, you know what I mean? Because, you know, Chelsea's studio was on Paramount. So you drive through the gate and Chelsea's off to the right. So that that's that's normal. But then you get invited to Amblin, which is another security gate within Paramount. Like you, that was crazy. Now I'm going through these gates that look like Jurassic Park. You know what I mean? It opens <laughs> up. You know what I mean? And, uh. And I just remember the the general with my my manager. We're just both like, you know, whatever. It's a general, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's going to be, it's just going to be a general. Tell them about you and they'll tell us about uh, them. And then, you know, we'll walk away. It's a general, right? We walk in and the first thing they say to me is, Steven can't stop talking about it. You're special. Wow. And I'm like, what? And then we get to the next door and it's another person. And Steven can't stop talking about it. And I'm like, I remember stopping at the meeting and I was just like, are we talking about Steven from accounting? Or are we talking about the same <laughs> are we talking about the same Steven? Like who is it? And they're like, it's Mr. Spielberg. He loves you. He watched coming and they told me the whole story about him watching my special. He was shooting West Side story. <laughs> wow. That's crazy, man. He was he was he was shooting West Side Story in New York, took a break and uh turned on Netflix. I believe it was with his daughter. Uh and uh and they just Watched coming in hot, and he sent out an email to everybody. Let's let's bring this kid in, and so literally, uh, literally, movie was right there. Uh, by the way, I had a movie in. I had a deal, like a, a verbal agreement with another super producer by the name of Dan Lin. Rideback Films, Aladdin one, uh, Aladdin two with Will, and it one, it two, and all the Lego movies. That's Dan Lin, and uh, so I already had this movie pitched to him, and he loved it. It just wasn't going anywhere. And, uh, and then I, they asked me, they were like, do you have a movie idea that you want to pitch? And I pitched the same movie and, and they bought it in the room, man. Wow. It was crazy. Amazing. I, I mean, just even say Steven Spielberg, like, well, not number one, Steven Spielberg likes my comedy, but number two, Steven Spielberg crazy. is getting into business with me and doing yeah. my, my movie. Like, Full on. Unreal. It's Holly Barrio, Jeb, everyone over at Amblin, amazing. But it's just crazy to have Steven, like, it, literally, he's in every step of the way, by the way. Like so where, every step. So where are so, you at in the process with it? Is this something that's going to be filmed? We're, cast, we're casting right now. Okay. Uh, we're in production in Vancouver. So they're already picking out, you know, the house and, and the church and all the other places where, you know, the where, where, where things take place. And uh, uh, we're, we're going through everything. We're, we're on our second draft right now writing. Big shout out to Ken. Ken Chang. Is it, is it a comedy? What is it? 
Yeah, it's a comedy. It's based on it's based on my life. It's called Easter Sunday, so it all takes place on one day, Easter Sunday, and the and the and the and the chaos ensues on that day. So it's it's got every character that I talk about: my aunt, my uncle, my mom, my son, everybody. That's awesome, That's dude. Awesome. That's really yeah, good. Congratulations man. on that. Thank How you. fun. Thank so you. we do a thing called the speed round, where it's just some a bunch of fun questions, quick questions, love it, quick answers. Let's uh, let's get to it. Dax, you ready? Yep, yep, I'm ready. All right, so I'll do uh, the first one. Best TV show you have done? That I've done? Chelsea Handler. Yes. All right, what about Does the worst count? TV show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the worst TV show you've done? Oh, man. Uh, I don't want to put that out. <laughs> you can say the one you bombed on. Doesn't you mean the TV on, show yeah. is bad. Just that maybe you weren't phenomenal on it. Oh, okay. Then uh, I, I would have to say Kibble. Okay. The worst one I was on. I love Kibble. <laughs> I, I was horrible. Yeah. Food that everyone loves, but you cannot get into. Uh, food that everyone loves, but I can't get into. Yeah. This is, by the way, I'm killing the speed round. This sucks. Uh, Udi. I can't stand Udi. I don't get it. I don't understand. It tastes like you're licking the bottom of a ship. (laughs) (laughs) I love sushi, but that shit, Udi, go fuck yourself. It It actually tastes like the bottom of an old ship (laughs) so good all right tell me uh tell me something you have on your your like writer what do you want in your green room i am so uh i'm the coolest person you'll ever want uh at your venue because all i want is essential water (laughs) and, and espresso I need espresso. <laughs> I don't want beer. I don't want food. I don't want anything. I need essential water and I need espresso. espresso. I need some type of espresso. It can be cold, hot, whatever. It's it's the shot I do before I go on stage. And that's it. All right. And I don't eat when I get on stage. Before I get on stage, I do not eat. And I don't Got to keep that belly empty? Is it just because yeah. of nerves? You don't want no, you want to I don't want, back up? I don't want to be in the middle of my hungry. act and go, got to take a shit. <laughs> I had curry backstage. It's coming out right now. Uh, how many Rolexes? How many Rolexes do you own, and what's the most amount you ever spent on? Oh uh, like how much? How, how much have you spent on your collection? How do you know about that? We research. Oh, uh, <laughs> I have uh, eleven. Oh, eleven God. Rolexes. Eleven. Yeah, 11, 9, 9, 10, 11. 11 Rolexes and uh, the most expensive one. Uh, it's it's crazy, man. They're all going to my son, by the way. So they're all his. I always say that. I'm, I'm rocking this right now, but these are all yours. Um, <laughs> uh, the Sky Dweller, solid gold. Crazy. Sky Dweller. I'm, I'm going to yeah. have to look that one up, see how much that yeah. costs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been – Okay. The presidential, I- is my, the presidential is my – is my favorite one and i don't like to wear it. it's it's a it's a 40 and it's uh it's gold it's solid gold yellow uh it's got the sticks because I, I always wanted the sticks because i always felt like when you saw an old school rolex like an old guy from the 50s with the rolex he always had the sticks he didn't have the roman numerals he had the sticks so uh and you got the gold when you retired so i i got the gold with the sticks and it's uh and i got it on my 20th year so 20th year to stand up 20th year center. Nice yeah. little gift. I like that. Um, have you, I think I'm guessing I know this answer now that we just talked about it, but have you ever been starstruck to meet someone? Like uh, really Eddie Murphy. Starstruck? Eddie. 
Oh, that's yeah. right. You did say Eddie. 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 I, was, I was thinking Spielberg, but we'll go. Eddie is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, I haven't met Spielberg yet. Oh, you didn't Every, meet him. Everything, everything's via text, email. Oh, yep. I didn't. I, yeah. I just assumed he was in that final door that you went into. No, he was shooting. He was shooting West Side Story uh, when he brought me in for the meeting, and the pandemic hit, so we could never. It, mm. it, he, he he got locked down in New York. Gotcha. And what did you yeah. end up saying to Eddie Murphy? Because you said that you sounded like you might have been. An oh, idiot. I sounded like what an idiot. You, what did you say? I was 15 when I went to see Raw live. I didn't go to the movie theater. I actually saw it in concert at the Seattle Coliseum. And I used my mom's credit card. This is before uh, Ticketmaster. So you actually had to phone in. I had to use a fake voice. Like I used my mom's voice. Hi, I'd like to buy tickets to Eddie Murphy. <laughs> they weren't going to question it. You know what I mean? They were like, oh, yes, ma'am, whatever. And I bought two tickets to – and this is back when they didn't even have uh, an actual freestanding Ticketmaster. You had to go to like – like uh, like Nordstrom and go to customer yep. service. And they had like a little side booth that said Ticketmaster and you pick up your tickets there. And uh, so anyways, I felt the need to tell him that story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Long uh, stories always go well with celebs when they're in a uh, hurry, right? Oh, and it was the edited version too. Like it was so bad. I was a bumbling idiot, man. <laughs> Mind you, this is a long time ago. This is, I, I did this, this is like, Oh man, 15 years ago when I met him. So it was a long time ago, but I was just like, I, uh, so uh, you're the reason why I do stand up. I, uh, I saw, I went to Raw live at the Coliseum. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd he go from that? And, then, and, he, and he went like this. He goes, Oh, all right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I got to imagine someone like him, though, who has been a, a superstar for this many oh. years, has had so many worse interactions oh, of people just bad. like falling over themselves, not being able to say a damn word. Yeah, but he was so not. But the way he did it was like, oh, man. No, actually, when I said I saw you, I saw Raw live at the Coliseum. He did go like this. He went, oh, really? Nice, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went like this. Yeah. Yeah. All right, good day. And then I went like this. And then I went like this. I went like this. I went. All right, bye. (laughs) That was it. it. That's exactly how it went down. All right, last one for me. Which celebrity were you disappointed in after meeting? Ah, really? Well, who was the one like it just didn't meet your expectations? I have mine. I mean, mine was Ryan Reynolds for me. Really? Yeah, he did. He wasn't. Uh, I don't like you, putting that energy out, man. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I hope you don't. I hope you respect that. I, no. I, I, I'm a firm believer in uh, negative energy is good in, energy for the person you're casting it on. Yeah. And, and my energy is very valuable. But for <laughs> me, it is, it is. You know what I mean? And everyone should yep. appreciate your energy. And, uh, and, and when you cast negative energy on someone, you're still putting it out there. Like if I say something bad about somebody, whoever's watching, your audience is watching, they're still going to Google it. So yeah, it's actually true. it actually works to their favor. It doesn't matter that I had a bad experience. I'm promoting that person. And they're going to Google it. And then they're going to be like, I actually like this guy. <laughs> so whatever yeah. I did, didn't work. So I'd rather just keep it to myself. That ex- I got that, it. Yeah, but that, that, I'll keep it to myself. And there is one though. But uh, <laughs> uh, there is that one out there. There is that one. All right, all right. You, you motherfucker, you, man. You know who you are. 
You know you, you are. talk about so, tons of stories. That, yeah, I want to get into your new book, man. This new wait, wait, book. Wait, wait. I gotta, awesome. I, we got to do our quick fan roulette, and then oh. we'll move on to the book. So, nice. sorry, quick thing. Yeah. We started up this this thing where it's called Fan Question Roulette. Yeah. We have our fans submit questions for celebrities, not knowing what celebs are coming on our podcast. Oh shit! So they just submit a question. Yeah. We pick them at random. I we have not seen them. Uh, our producers drop them in. And we just play one at random. Are you down? I'm down. As long as it's not, hey, tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to go with, there's someone named Will. All right. We're going with Will. All right. I like Will. If you had the opportunity to get paid $500 to relive the worst date of your life, would you do it? Wait, the worst date? Worst. I believe it was date. You want me to replay it? Yeah, I don't know if you said date or day. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm going to replay it. If you had the opportunity to get paid $500 to relive the worst state of your life, would you do it? I still don't know what he said. (laughs) I'm going to say day. Let's go with day. Worst day of your life. Really? I mean... I feel like I don't know. Does he know that I'm, is not giving me <laughs> I was just about to say. I was just about to say. Does he know I'm rich? <laughs> does does, does that Joe have fucking eleven Rolexes? Five hundred dollars. In his defense, he <laughs> didn't know who we were talking thing? to. It could have yeah. been a brand new Bravo Liberty. Okay. Oh, so. okay. All right. Let's go to another um, one. <laughs> Yeah, that was because that that one's an obvious. The answer is no. The answer is no. All right, so let's go to Beth. Hi, I'm Beth from Colorado, and I want to know: Have you ever been fisted in the asshole? If so, did you enjoy it? Cheers. (laughs) Beth apparently's been drinking drinks. (laughs) I know. I like how she just sips her uh, wine, like you know. Uh, I will say this. that's why I didn't take the $500 for the worst day. <laughs> it was the worst day of my life. I want all five fingers in my ass again. That's $100 a finger. And I'm not going back to that again. Oh, my God. So this is, this is the reason that we do fan question roulette. Because you literally never know what you're going to get. Clearly, oh, Beth was it. in a bar and decided to yeah. submit her question. Man. I love it. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not even going to play another one because we have to end on that one. So oh, man, let, let's get into yeah. his, his book. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Dude, the new book, congratulations. Mixed, yes. uh, mixed Play, Chronicles of an All-American Combo. It yes. uh, actually talks about a lot about your, your struggles, your, your story to – where you started to where you're at now. What do you want people to take away from this book? Um, you know, I keep saying that it's a, it's hard for me to explain the generation that I came up in. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have, I didn't have the internet. I didn't have any of that, you know? And, and when I do those jokes about my mom walking up to Mexican people going Filipino, just so she can meet another Filipino, <laughs> that's real. <laughs> yeah. Like it's hard to explain that now because via internet you can meet anybody in 5 seconds. Yeah. If you could just put an immigrant woman who left the Philippines to start a family in America and, and tell her to go meet other Filipinos like how do you do that? Like how do you how all of a, all of a sudden the mom and my mom is divorced. You know what I mean? Like 4 years later in America she's she's got kids and that my dad is gone and 
like it's hard to explain that and, and dealing with an identity, you know, like, you know, I, 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 it wasn't until this book that I really like realized there was some things that I read like, fuck man, that sucked. You know what I mean? But I, I dealt with it through humor. You know what I mean? But like also realizing that, yeah, man, that shit is real. Like, yeah, there, there was racism that I had to deal with, you know, but we brushed it off because it was the norm back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, it sucked. And, and seeing my mom go through what she had to go through and, and, you know, and then me just struggling to find, what am I, white? Well, I don't know my grandparents on my white side, but I do know my Filipino grandparents because they're always around. I do know my aunts. My, like, everybody on my Filipino side was there. So that's why when people ask me, why do you always talk about your Filipino side and not your, your, your white side? It's like, well, what do you want me to talk about? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know that side. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I know that there's other kids. Like one of the, my favorite compliments, you know, it was from this kid. His, his name, very funny kid. His name's uh, 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 Andrew Lopez. Okay, so he's, he's, a, he's a Filipino kid that his parents moved from the Philippines to America so they can give their kids a better life, right? They moved to Iowa. Hmm. What the fuck, right? <laughs> you left the Philippines to raise your Asian kids in Iowa. So now, 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 mind this kid is like, you know, he's like 20 years younger than me, but just imagine his struggle. You You're know never I mean? going to find someone my, who looks like you there. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. And that's not even a joke. Like we say it as a joke now, but in real life, he was living that. Like when he heard my jokes about well, when I did the joke about uh, on the tonight show, you know, when you tell people you're, I, when I tell people I'm Filipino, I get the worst compliments. Like, Oh my God, you're Filipino. I love orange chicken. Like what the fuck? Like, that's not a compliment. That's not even, <laughs> what do you, that's not Filipino. That's Chinese. But that's the kind of shit we were dealing with during those times. Yeah. Those, yeah. those were real things that I was dealing with. Like, being the ambassador, the ambassador of Filipino, like every time I said I was half Filipino, like what the fuck is that? Like what is it? Oh, yeah, I, like no one knew what it was. I had no one on TV to inspire me. I had no. That's why when I said Rufio inspired me, when I found out Rob Schneider was Filipino on 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 on, uh, I forgot what movie it was, but I think it was uh, Deuces Bigelow when he said uh, when he had a character when he had his dad go, "Your mom made your favorite dessert, raspberry babinka." Like if you could just imagine being a half white, half Filipino kid, and then hearing the word babinka on the big screen TV, I exploded, bro. I remember being in the theater, like hitting people, like, yo, babinka is like this Filipino dessert. And, you know, like it was such a proud moment for me. It was just yeah. one fucking word. <laughs> and that's what it meant to me. Like, you know what I mean? It like, it, it made me feel inspired. It made me go, oh, well, I can make it in Hollywood. Oh, I can become a comic because this guy did it. This guy was on Saturday Night Live. That's my favorite show. Like, you know what I mean? Just one Filipino word. Like, that's what that was to me. And, and Andrew Lopez, when he walked up to me, I was eating at a restaurant and he walked up to me and he goes, I just want you to know, man, uh, I, I lived in Iowa, nothing but white people. You know what I mean? And, 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 uh, and he goes, your comedy is the reason why I wanted to do comedy. Like, like, I, like when you started talking about being Filipino and blah, blah, blah. Like finally I had someone to look up to on TV and mind you, I, we can't, I can't explain what that means to you guys. Like, I don't, I don't know how, how to explain it, but I can only imagine being in Iowa, you know what I mean? Yeah. And being Filipino. Cause I knew how it was growing up in Washington 
being half Filipino. So just hearing that man was just so amazing. And, and that's what this is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what I want people to hear these stories, man. Like hear like the, the fucked up things that my mom went through during the seventies and eighties being married to a white guy, you know what I mean? And dealing with the family that, that we had to deal with, you know, and I, and I've come to, you know, realize what it was, you know, knowing that I'll never know my, my dad's side of the family. Why? You know what I mean? Why? Why Why was it? What was it about mm-hmm. him being married to a Filipino woman that I had no, you know, I had, I have no history with that side of the family. Why? You know what I mean? I, I yeah. hate saying it. I, I hate even saying it publicly. You know what I mean? But I can only think in my head what it was. Does that make sense? I'm trying yeah, to indirectly yeah. not say it. You know what I mean? Because I love my father. My father's an amazing man. And it wasn't him. But but where society was at that time had a big part in it. You know, there yeah. was a big part. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's that's what this book is, man. I want people to hear that and, and, and so, know where it all came from. I was going to say, because we're actually releasing this podcast, like coinciding with your yeah, with your book release oh, where can you. people find this book is this amazon is this where, where oh, do they get yeah. it oh, barnes and noble this is everywhere buddy yeah barnes and noble amazon uh man it's just been great uh the love i, I even did audios for it too man and uh so that that's that's amazing so yeah everywhere it's gonna be everywhere joecoy.com yeah. if you want to just go to my website go to joecoy.com it'll take you right to everyone else yeah, dude. Congrats on this book. I'm excited to read it. And again, this book is out now. Make sure you check out Joe's new book, Mixed Play Chronicles. Thank you. Have an all-American combo available. Pre-order it. Do what you got to do. Follow him on, on Instagram, at Joe Coy. Check out his special on Netflix, In His Elements. Uh, Steven Spielberg you. loved him. Let's I think go. Too. <laughs> Dan so Lynn. Uh, Dan Lynn. Let's shout yeah. him out, too. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats yeah. on awesome. the new movie, buddy. It's Thank really you. awesome. We're really excited for you. Appreciate uh, you. And we greatly appreciate you stopping by our podcast and just hanging out with us for a little bit it was really fun talking to with you oh i love you guys man thank you that it's was cool. fun he's really cool such and a I, good you guy know what? it's so funny because just like, normally i'd be like yeah. a little annoyed when someone's late to the podcast but i wasn't at all <laughs> i like felt bad that he was like no. dealing with like family stuff and like you yeah. know the fact that he was so apologetic and what people don't see is that like we were getting texts and phone calls and emails being like he is so sorry he's late but he, he's gonna be there he, he's not gonna miss this and i think that's really cool because there's a lot of celebs that would show up a half hour hour late and not give two f's that they're late and he was like really genuinely yeah. concerned he was not a very nice guy good guy funny guy interesting story uh and it's just wild just to see how big he is and again He's successful and he's big and one of the biggest comedians in the world. And it's not from having his own TV show. It's not from being in movies. It's just from being a hardworking and funny stand-up yep. comic. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. And I love the story about him and how he kind of, you know, kind of went all in and put up the money for a yeah, Netflix dude, like special. That's, that's and it believing kind of in yourself in favor. right there. If you're, if you're willing to, like, use your life savings to make a, a comedy show and just cross your fingers and say, I Production, hope Netflix yeah. buys it, that's... That's some pretty big cojones right there. That's, you know what they say, the best investment is the investment in yourself. And that's what he did. And it paid off, you know, and he got a Netflix special out of it. And not only that, he got another Netflix special out of it. And he's a superstar. 
Joe Coy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You can find me at, at Adam Glynn, G-L-Y-N. You can find Dax Holt at D-A-X-H-O-L-T. Follow the Hollywood World Podcast. It's on YouTube where you see the whole video. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on TikTok, all of it. I, I we'll keep see saying you guys TikTok later. is the best. Like, are we, we're rocking TikTok's it fun. on TikTok. It's so fun when, you know, yeah. one of these conversations, you're watching it get 500,000 views, a million views. Like, that's a cool feeling, right? Yeah, so very cool. Thank you for the support. <laughs> Keep showing us love there. Follow us on TikTok. See you guys next time. A Huda Media Production.